that the female body was designed naturally to build muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was built for this. Sir. Like mm-hmm. they, they look smaller than me. I should, I should not be in this class. I should be in a class above and I should cut weight. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. these like yeah. very body image focused. Say, see where we can improve on things because nobody makes 180 changes overnight. Um, it's not, it's not manageable and people just give up and they get frustrated. It seems simple that you pretty much have confidence that you're going to be able to do it. Um, and then over time, you just kind of gradually increase that and you say, oh, okay. And then you start gaining confidence through that to say, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Our personality, our strengths, our weaknesses, all these things can be used for his purpose. And we don't know who we're going to reach or who we're going to impact. Okie dokie. Welcome back to episode two of the Freedom Podcast. Me and Katie are back today. We are talking about... What are we talking about today? We are talking about nutritional myths, which there are a lot of them out there. That is for sure. Yeah, definitely. So we have a couple of questions. We got some from people who um, wanted us to cover a couple of things and we're just going to be talking about, yeah, just nutrition, some nutrition myths, things that don't work, things that do work. Um, and I'm really excited for this. So I guess we can just open up. Um, <laughs> what is the weirdest nutrition myth you have ever heard? I just, I'm really curious to know what you've heard. Well, I actually was thinking about this and there are, I think there's so many weird ones, but I'd say probably the most prevalent would be the fact that you, for some reason, sugar is going to like instantly store as fat. Oh yeah. I hear that all the time. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cause I remember when I was initially, um, starting to bodybuild and, and powerlift and train and everything. And, and I really wanted to be diligent with my nutrition. I remember there's a coach that I work with who said like bananas will just like store as fat and which makes absolutely no sense from, you know, a scientific standpoint, but yeah, that was the weirdest, probably the most prevalent myth. How about you? Um, so this actually just happened a couple of days ago. I was at Trader Joe's on Sunday to do my, you know, usual grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And this girl was talking about the potato diet. Oh my gosh. About it. I didn't know anything that that existed, but she's like, yeah, you just for, I think she said 30 or 40 days or something. You just eat straight potatoes. She's like, potatoes have everything that you could possibly need. It's like <laughs> a super, a super food. And I was like, um, I didn't say anything. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah. And sometimes these fad diets, I've also heard of the, like, just drinking like just drinking these certain smoothie diet, like it's going to do something magic. I don't, there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Um, Another one is the fact that you need to eat 900 calories per day to lose weight, um, which just, yeah. So many of these things, I remember it was when I was first learning about nutrition Mm -hmm. back when I was like a teenager. And I thought that makes no sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. It's just for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, and then it kind of starts making you have these weird thoughts and feelings towards certain foods. Yeah. Where like, it's still the same thing with girls not wanting to eat carbs. That still blows my mind. Yes, yes. I'm and the kind of carbohydrate food. fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And still, I mean, I'm sure 
you've worked with some people too that have been like, I, my body just doesn't respond well to carbs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's still part of me sometimes that's like, oh, I just had too many. You know, it's like that thought of, because it was just ingrained in my mind when I was younger that carbohydrates, yeah, I remember the fruit thing too. Yeah. I heard that like fruit is just all sugar. It's going to store as fat. You shouldn't, you should avoid fruit. I'm like, what? Who says that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's a whole food. I'm pretty sure we should like, you know, eat more of this. Yeah. If anything, eat more, I mean, more fruits and fruits and vegetables, but yeah, fruit is such a great source of antioxidants and fiber and all kinds of nutrients. Good stuff. Nice. So when you were first like getting into health and fitness and stuff like that, did you do any crazy diets that were just kind of off the wall? Um, I would say probably the craziest thing that I did was just the really restrictive, um, you know, really restrictive diet where it was very, very low calories. And, you know, you think about how many calories are you expending per day? It really comes down to the most important thing is the caloric balance expenditure versus your intake. And so, you know, it, I just was trying to restrict myself so much, which then led to a lot of inconsistencies in my diet and, you know, that, that pendulum swing, you know, where you're trying to restrict so much, um, that then you end up, then I struggled with binging and all kinds of ups and downs. What about you? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, like when I was younger in high school, I kind of started gaining weight pretty rapidly. Um, and I didn't know that I had POS. So I like lost my period. Um, Mm. I just didn't do well. Like my insulin was just not regulated. And then I had a Mm. lot of was under eating protein, overeating on other things. Um, anyway, so someone told us about this diet. I don't know if you've heard of it, the HCG diet. Mm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. The worst thing ever. It's you eat 500 calories and I think it's oh. for 30 days, but you can extend it to 45 and they've changed it now. I was actually looking into it last night a little bit. Um, and then there's these things called HCG drops. And I don't, I can't exactly remember what they were supposed to do, but they're supposed to help with like you losing fat, but also suppressing your diet and things like that. And I think anyone can do something for 30 days if you're really determined. Mm -hmm. And I remember I dropped about 20 pounds in 30 days and I was like, yeah, yeah, horrible. And yeah. So I pushed for 30 days, did it. Cause I'm, I don't know. I'm just like, when I do something, I commit and I just do it you know, hundred percent. So, um, I think within six months, maybe eight months, I had gained 30 pounds back, which oh is gosh. Crash diet, you know, stuff. Yeah. And I it was a crash diet because it was like, no, this is like it, it, you know, they had all their little science and stuff behind it. That was just so mm-hmm. sided. It wasn't true. And I didn't understand, like you were saying, like energy balance and, um, calories in calories out. Like I didn't get like, if you ate anything and it was only 500 calories, you would definitely lose weight, you know? Right. It's insane how they market a lot of these diets too, as being kind of like the magic bullet. And a lot of times, you know, I've talked to very, very, you know, knowledgeable individuals and they say like, oh, well, my body just doesn't respond to, like you said before. And I, and I probe a little bit more and I say, well, what did you cut out of your diet? Well, I cut out all carbohydrates. I cut out all sugar and I'm like, okay, um, 
what else did you do? Well, I started to eat healthier. I started to do this. I started to eat more protein. And I'm like, it, it's not from the specific food you cut out. Do you realize how much you impacted your caloric balance and some, or, you know, your caloric intake? And, and so, you know, of course there's, there's things to consider other things to besides just calories, obviously, but you know, the overall, I think overall correlation does not equal causation. And that's something that a lot of times people forget. It's like, yeah, of course you're going to lose weight if you eat 500 calories a day. (laughs) I need to be taught this. I mean, that's always the thing. um, When I coach nutrition at the gym, I just tell the kids, because I have a lot of like um, college athletes and now a lot of youth athletes. And Mm -hmm. I tell them like, it's so much more than just like, let me restrict, restrict, restrict. I was like, you need to eat for your performance. You need to mm-hmm. eat for your I was like, and you're a growing body, your mind's like, mm-hmm. oh, you have to like pull those in and make sure we think about those things too. But yes, like if you cut calories, we know you're going to lose weight. Like I always love that one um, starvation test. I always like send people over to that when they're like, no, just this specific diet will make me lose weight. I'm like, it's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And also too, you have to think about, are you being accurate about your, your, um, uh, caloric count? So a lot of times people think they're eating a certain amount of calories and they're actually underestimating tremendously. There was a study, um, done, I can't remember what year this was, where they, um, basically had a lot of individuals who are, who said, I'm eating 1200 calories. And actually, they did a study and it showed that they were totally miscalculating things and they were eating closer to 2000, not 1200. So if you're saying I'm eating 1200 calories and I can't lose weight, you have to look at it and and see, are you actually eating 1200 calories? You know, or or are you kind of just not counting things that add up? Yeah. A hundred percent true. I definitely mm-hmm. was guilty of that before. And yeah. And then it was like, like you mentioned, it was just kind of that swing of, I would mm-hmm. crash diet and then binge and then crash diet and binge. And I did that. I can't even tell you how long it was years. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Really um, mm-hmm. So are you into any of the blood type specific diets? Those are very popular. I have people ask me about those all the time and I'm just for reference, I am not very knowledgeable on those. Um, right. So <laughs> I am not knowledgeable either. <laughs> and generally, um, so I haven't looked into like any type of research, but generally p- individuals who fixate on some sort of a specific diet, like we were just talking about, they need to look at the basics and not look at these complicated details when it comes down, you know, what it's like, okay, are you overcomplicating things or do you have the basics down? Um, So a lot of times we think, okay, we need this like specific type of diet. Like this is an example, you know, for our blood type. Um, But then when you look at the big picture, it's like, are you getting the basics down? Are you hitting your calories? Are you hitting your fiber? Are you eating um, quality sources of protein? Are you getting in your micronutrients? Are you like, look at your lifestyle first. And then, you know, if you really want to go down, uh, you know, go down the rabbit trail, as they say, um, or is that the expression? I think, I don't know. Anyways, if you want to get super detailed, then maybe experiment with some different things, but, um, and figure out what works, works well, um, for your lifestyle and for your energy. Um, but in general, okay, focus on the big picture and the, and the basics. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's like, just people want nutrition to be so like sexy and this, and you can like supplements and all that. And I was like, it's really not, it's just consistency Mm -hmm. that work for you and Mm -hmm. keep 
sticking with that. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's not flashy. It's not like you said. And people want this like grandiose answer, you know. And I'm like, it really is not. There's no magic bullet. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, people want a quick fix a lot of times, but anything that comes fast is going to leave just as fast as well. And it has to truly be a mindset and lifestyle change for um, healthy habits to last. Definitely. Yeah. And for you guys who are listening, if you don't know, Katie is my nutrition coach. Mm -hmm. And funny because my calories have stayed basically the same for the Mm -hmm. last almost six months. I can't remember when Mm -hmm. we started. Yeah. Um, crazy because I've seen so much change in the mm-hmm. last month when I was actually dieting harder in the sense of lower calories right. prior to us working together. And I was like, this is just not working for me anymore. Like I need something else because eating, you know, 12 to 1400 calories every day is just not right. Why, you know? Well, yeah. And also we've seen with you, your body composition, it's not just the scale you're, you've lost how many inches now off your waist? Um, I don't remember when I started, but I want to say it was like, I want to say at least eight now. I, I had to it, go back and look when I, I don't, It's crazy. Like, <laughs> I remember it was like in the first few months, you lost like three inches off your waist or something crazy like that. And your weight had not changed tremendously. No. Uh, and so, you know, that's another thing too. Individuals get so sometimes focused on the scale that they're, they lose sight of the big picture. And I'm totally guilty of this myself, you know, doing a cut, if I've done it by myself, um, I'm not actually looking like, it's not just the scale. We also have to look at other factors as well. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much too, because the measuring Mm -hmm. for me has been a big game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really did much measuring. I don't know why I've had multiple nutritionists before and Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just never have. So that's been a thing for me mentally to um, mm-hmm. kind of the scale thing. And some days when my weight is up, I don't even like flinch. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. and then it will drop which, later. You yeah. Know? Which is so awesome too. think about that from a mindset perspective. Yeah. Like it hasn't just been an overnight thing where you go from obsessing over the scale to then, Oh, I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. It's truly is a process and you have to go through that. And, you know, so when individuals, think like a diet is just about the scale or just about losing weight. It's also about your mindset with it. Um, And, you know, it's not just about the scale, but also how are we thinking about what we're seeing in terms of progress and, you know, not losing sight of that big picture, which um, you've done such a great job of doing that too. And, and you know what, it's like, there's, I'm not giving you anything magic. It's like, you know, and, and that's the thing too. There's no magic bullet. And so many people don't want to hear that, but it's true. Yeah. And funny because the consistency, it actually takes the stress out of it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that has been major. And then also we always talked about just the accountability factor. I hadn't yes. worked with this coach for probably about two years mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you're in a place where you need to, because you can't be a better coach if right. you are not doing the things that you should be doing too. So yes. that has helped me tremendously. Yes. I mean, I, I work with a coach myself because I cannot, I can't coach myself because I won't be objective. I won't, you got this, you know, you coach so many people and it's like, you can't, I I heard the um, analogy one time, you know, thinking about, can a mental health counselor be objective with themselves? You know, we always, we are a doctor, right? Like, can a doctor 
perform surgery on themselves. No, they need someone else or a mental health counselor. Like they need someone else to be um, speaking truth into their life. And the same thing goes with nutrition training. A lot of times um, I kind of over the years have sort of uh, taken more reins of my training uh, just because of injuries and all of that. But it's always good to have that objective perspective for sure. No, it totally is. Definitely. Um, so what are your thoughts on keto for athletes? I mm-hmm. had probably two, I want to say, yeah, actually exactly two. And they were adult athletes that came into our gym and they're like, you know, I do keto. One was diabetic and he was mm-hmm. very full of, um, you know, carbohydrates in the sense of raising his insulin and mm-hmm. things like that. And then one girl I had, she just swore that her body did not like carbs. Um, but she hadn't had any body composition changes um, because she was eating like it was well over a hundred. I, I want to say it was like over 150 grams of fat a day, which to mm. me insane. Just wow. Never even eaten that much <laughs> in my life. Right. Um, right. What are your thoughts on keto for athletes? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? What are, What are you thinking about that? Well, so it, you know, th- there's never a black and white answer because there's been a lot of research on on keto diets being beneficial from a health perspective if you have a health condition. Mm-hmm. And there have been some some diets, or I'm sorry, some diets, some um, research that has shown, yeah, there are a lot of benefits to, to keto. But we have to think about it, first of all, from a sustainability perspective. Is it sustainable? Um, most people, I would say probably 95% of people, it's not going to be sustainable. Um, now I have seen some individuals, um, who really like it. They find it just more sustainable. Once you get into ketosis, they feel like they're, you know, they can, they have, um, so ketosis essentially is, is when your body's running on ketones. So, but that's like a process of getting there, right? It's not like it just, you know, it happens in one day. Um, so, you know, yes, it can work for some individuals, but the majority of athletes, I would say absolutely not. Um, so the main source of our, of our energy is going to come from carbohydrates. Carbohydrates can be stored as glycogen and glycogen is a fuel source for us. Um, especially heavy training, um, with athletics, with weight training and, and tapping into that. And so, um, in general, a balanced diet, and just like we talked about, people are looking for kind of that magic bullet, a quick fix. Um, yeah, first of all, sustainability. Is it sustainable? Yeah. Um, second of all, consistency. Can you be consistent with it? And third of all, uh, have you even been consistent with your balanced diet for long enough to know if it works for you or not? And and that's kind of where people, I think, most of the time slip up. It's it's with the consistency and it's with the adherence. And then they kind of want to go to this extreme thing like keto. It's very trendy. It's very, you know, like, oh, I'm doing keto. And it's like, oh, you know, everyone's like excited about it, which I understand. But look at your overall lifestyle factors first. And then also think about from a long-term perspective, do you want to give up carbohydrates? for the rest of your life. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. That balanced diet. I mean, I feel like people Mm -hmm. never want to hear it, but it is literally Mm -hmm. the most important thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would, I always gravitate. And I think as women in particular, we gravitate towards these extremes that are just Mm -hmm. not over a long period of time. I mean, and like I said, like I could do the 500 calorie diet for 30 right. days, 
But after that, like, I can't even tell you what I ate or did because oh I gosh. everything. Like, you know, I'm I so- know. Well, and, and from the perspective too, of thinking about, um, when you eat a high fat meal, like just think about it logically. When you eat a high fat meal, do you feel good afterwards to go lift weights? Not really. I feel my best when I have a low, lower fat, kind of low to mid, mid range, higher carbohydrate, um, moderate protein. And, you know, you have to think about that too. Like, what do you feel good on? What can you what can you train well on? And for myself, I have to remind myself to eat more carbohydrates because as much as, um, you know, as, or I have to really make the effort because it, it was ingrained in my brain for so long to be, you know, stick to low carbohydrate diets to, um, you know, carbs are evil, carbs will store as fat and all of this stuff. Um, but no, carbohydrates can be stored as glycogen that you can use during your your training sessions. And, yeah. you know, the, the meal that you eat at night, that high carb meal, you're going to be using that the next day um, to train hard. And, and, and that's, you know, what you, if your goal is performance, um, then you probably need to rethink, you know, your, your um, extreme diet and and just really focus on, okay, how am I going to feel best and be energetic for our lifts? And I, uh, the logic kind of goes out the window a lot of times with, with nutrition. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the best way, like when I explain it to people, I'm like, let's look at how calories are calculated. I was mm-hmm. like, carbs, four calories, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, fats, nine calories per one gram. I was like, so if anything, I mean, not that you should fear any macro at all, but mm-hmm. like fats, if you reduce those, that's more than double. I was like, right. that gives way more room for carbs, which make you way happier. <laughs> right. I know. I know. And the thing is too, like you can get a lot more volume in yeah. your food as well. Um, fiber and it, you know, fat as great as it tastes, it, it, the volume factor is pretty low. Um, and you know, not that you should be focusing just on volume eating, but there's something, you know, carbohydrates are satisfying and we're not meant to, I think too, from a, from a perspective of thinking about how God created food, he created all of these wonderful things. Like why would you want to cut out, um, unless you have a medical reason or an allergy or something like that, I wouldn't, I, I have no desire to cut out something that God, created and said it, you know, he created the earth and said it was good. And so why would I cut out fruit or, or, um, anything, you know, why would I cut out potatoes? Like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I love potatoes, um, or sugar or honey, or, um, you know, I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of like things that I eat every single day, bread, um, you know, one of my favorite things, oatmeal, you know, you think about all these things that make you feel good. Like it makes me feel great. So I don't want to cut out God's gift to us. Um, and that it kind of, you know, comes down to that too. Yeah. I was thinking if there's anything that I think that people can reduce, especially in your standard American diet, Mm -hmm. processed foods, I was like, Oh my God, more whole foods and you'll be healthier just in general from eliminating you know, the processed stuff. And I have people ask me like, Oh, like what places do you like to eat out? And I'm like, I literally don't eat out. And if I mm-hmm. sit down restaurant where they prepared the food, like, and it's real food, I was like, I don't eat fast food ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think about yeah. 
super grossed out by it. It's so funny because I know individuals are like, yeah, where's your favorite restaurant? Like they, so Columbus, Ohio, I live in Columbus, has a really good restaurant scene, actually. Like a lot of foodies, I guess you could say, come here and, you know, downtown. And um, we have this area called the Short North and like there's so many great restaurants. And I'm like, I am the worst person to ask because I enjoy cooking. I make my own food. Then I can, you know, I, I can control what's in my food. And so I don't, I, to be honest, I rarely go out to eat unless it's for a special occasion. I don't eat fast food. I, I it saves money. You know, it's cheaper. It, it's um, eating healthy is um, is not nearly as expensive as going out to eat. I mean, you think about the portion sizes you get when you got to eat. I mean, food is expensive at restaurants. I'm like, I would much rather cook three times as much food for half the price at my house. You know, that's just how I I uh, mentally kind of think about things. So um, yeah, I mean, overall, learning how to learning how to um, cook food, I think is really important too for long-term nutritional success. Definitely. Yeah. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit um, and talk about just our bodies and how they're mm-hmm. temples and where does this fit into nutrition? So I wanted to read um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Uh, yeah. So where does fitness fit into our bodies being temples? Um, and where do we kind of draw the line of like being obsessed with ourselves mm-hmm. and then also taking care of our temple? I feel like that's just like right. a hard line at times. Oh my gosh. And it is such a a battle i think in our society we place such think about like the the um the external we place so much emphasis on that and it can be so easy to succumb to that pressure especially as women you know having this image that we feel like we need to uphold and i remember even as young as like 14 i remember thinking like i need to be thin and fit into size 2 jeans and you know all this all these lies um i'm not built small, um, you know, and, and we're both athletic. We're both, we both have carry muscle mass. Like we're genetically, we're not small individuals, but I, I don't know about you, but I always felt this pressure to fit this kind of mold, um, yeah. growing up. Yeah. And so there's the unhealthy side of it where you're obsessing over it and you're letting it rule your life. And I think we have to look at it kind of the same way we look at anything else in life. It, it's taking priority over the Lord and it's ruling your mind, then it's an idol. And so we're commanded in the Bible to take care you know, our body is our temple and to be, um, you know, really think about it as, is um, how are we worshiping the Lord in what we do? And one of those ways is taking care of what he has given us. And we're, you know, a spirit that lives inside of a physical being that God gave us. We're not a physical being with a spirit. And so thinking about how are we honoring the Lord and honoring the Lord means taking care of it and eating healthy and, and exercising. And, um, but at the same time, you know, are we letting it become an idol? Are we letting society's pressures of this unrealistic image um, really shape how we view ourselves? And I think that's where we start to think of ourselves as not worthy unless we unless we live up to that image. 
a thousand percent. And I think also being in the fitness industry as a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy for that line to get skewed. Cause I remember when I first got into powerlifting, the first thing I did was I did a really big cut and lost about like 30 pounds going mm. into the first meet. And, you know, people praise you so much for what you look like. And mm-hmm. like, I like, you know, I want to be as strong as you and all this stuff. And, you know, behind the scenes, I felt like I was just so obsessed with my physique, the scale, everything. And it was truly ruling over my life. It was something that I thought about 24 seven. And I was always afraid of gaining weight, moving up a weight class because I was scared of what people thought about me versus how's your spiritual life? Like, how is your relationship with God? Are you growing every day? Are you seeking him every day? Like, and reminding yourself that, you know, this exterior is, you know, it's not wrong for you to like, want it to look a certain way. But when, like you were saying, when it becomes Mm -hmm. an idol, like that's when we cross that line. And I think for Mm -hmm. a lot of people in the fitness industry, their body and what they look like is everything. It does become their God. And that's really where the issue is, is because I know I've been there and I was still unhappy with what I look like. And that was, you know, 20 pounds less than what I weigh now, where now I'm healthy spiritually, mentally, um, and then physically as well. And I really do love where I've come in my body now, even though it doesn't look like it did then. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so important to remember what does God say too. It's it always goes back to what does the Bible say is um, important. And there's a verse. Gosh, and now I'm like blanking on where this is, but it talks about physical training is of some benefit. Um, but it says that's nothing compared to, you know, what, oh gosh, where is that? I'm like, <laughs> I'll have to look it up. But, you know, just talking about like, why worry about what you, what you eat, what you wear, um, you know, doesn't the Lord take care of the sparrows and the, you know, it doesn't even, a sparrow doesn't even fall to the to the um, earth without God knowing the hairs on your head are, are, you know, he numbered the hairs on your head. Like think about like the detail that God cares about. And um, you know, what does the Lord say is important? And, and it's not, you know, it's, it's uh, beauty is fleeting. It specifically says that in the Bible and um, talks about, you know, Proverbs 31. Is that where it is? Uh, Proverbs 31 woman. (laughs) Now I'm like, all of these verses are coming to my mind and I'm like, Yeah. And just thinking about like, what does a wife of noble character, um, yeah, more precious than rubies, her husband can trust her. She will be, she will greatly enrich his life. Um, and it talks about, you know, just think about that. Are you enriching others' lives? Are you just a pretty face? Because beauty is only, I know this is kind of like, kind of a, uh, you know, something you hear about like beauty is only skin deep. Um, but it's so true. Yeah. And it's just like, um, or, or, you know, like we look at beauty as only being the skin. Right. And it's like beauty actually, I totally butchered that, but like (laughs) beauty exudes from the inside out. Like how is your heart? Where's your soul? How are you impacting people? And, you know, think about how you impact others. Are they going to be like, Oh yeah, at you know, when I when we all pass away one day at my funeral, it's like, yeah, she was a beautiful thing to look at. No, I want someone to say like how I impacted them, not just that I had a great physique. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I love that. I think that's just so true and something that we have to 
definitely like keep pushing more in the fitness industry. Cause I think that it's, you know, I think people talk about like being more than a pretty face, but then mm-hmm. you go on people's socials and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, all we see is like body pics and selfie, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And yeah. I don't think that that's bad, but when we're con- like constantly glorifying our bodies and what we look like, you kind of just draw only attention to that. And mm-hmm. like, I want someone to be like, Oh, like I love the way that she, you know, was kind to others or helpful mm-hmm. or, you know, was just faithful, diligent, you know, all mm-hmm. these things that like you were saying, a Proverbs 31 woman is, and that's what mm-hmm. we should be, especially as Christians um, and women, you know, we are, it is so much more than being skin, you know, beautiful yeah. Like, I I hope that we all kind of strive to be more than just that, especially in this day and age, I feel like. Oh, my gosh. I know. And there's so much pressure to just continually look better and better. And it's like, our looks are fading. I mean, the older we get, we're not getting any more beautiful. Um, (laughs) But the thing is, that's external. We're not externally, unless you you know have something done or, or yeah. take better care of it. <laughs> take better care of yourself. Which I will be the first to say. I love beauty treatments. I it's not you know, and I love skincare and I love all that stuff. So it's like it's not a sin to love that. Um, but at the same time, like, are we getting? We can think about the, like our character, how much it can grow, and how much more beautiful we can be from the inside out, right? And how much deeper our spiritual life. That's a never ending process. We can become more beautiful in God's eyes um, as we, you know, as we age and as we um, impact others, like we can become more impactful, but yet our physical, that's something that is constantly fading essentially, you know, as we get older. So um, thinking about it from that, that perspective as well, like what is eternal and God continually reminds us in the word to focus on what is not seen, not what is seen. And so are we truly doing that in our walk um, with the Lord? And there's nothing wrong, like as we said, with with pursuits um, yeah. of athletics or of our physique or nutrition, you know, and, and think about that too. Like think about how many people just between us, how many people we impact in the fitness industry. I mean, there's lost people who need help um, with help, with fitness because for a lot of people, it's a stronghold in their life. They're constantly trying to do a new diet. They're constantly trying to you know starve themselves. And it's like, there can be so much freedom too in this industry, like when you get the right help and the right guidance. Um, but at the same time, like we have to balance that with not allowing it to become a stronghold because just like anything else, like money, um, fame, success, a relationship, like it can become a stronghold and an idol if we allow it to. Yeah. And then it just becomes detrimental at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Well, that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And if you get a chance, please leave us a review. Um, we basically are on all platforms, any podcast platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify. I don't know what other ones are out there, but those are the main ones. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys again for listening to the show. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye.